Everyone knows the apron is the hardest part of the ring, but this is the nerdiest part of the ring. Your weekly news roundup for the wide world of professional wrestling. I am your host for the evening, the five-star man, Asa Gray. And joining me at this time is the big D, Dalton Anthony. Yo! Dalton, I'm not going to ask you how you're doing this week because we got too much to talk about. Doing uh, great. Let's go. It, it, I, again, I did not ask. The internet is on fire. Uh, companies are on fire. And it's just, it's a whole mess. So, we're going to get into everything because there's three separate pay-per-views to talk about. Um, just a bunch of stuff to talk about. So, before we get into everything, though, uh, we start every week with the power of positivity because there's just so much negativity going on. And good lord, this week is a good example of that. So, we start every episode with just something in wrestling that makes us happy. Something that we enjoy that maybe doesn't get the recognition that it should. And mine this week is kind of a cop-out, but it's it's just, it's wrestling in general from this weekend. Because I don't remember, like, we there were three separate shows and three separate really solid, two, like, very good to just great shows. And it's just, it's it's nice to see, and it's a bummer that a lot of that discourse has kind of been drowned out by stuff that happened outside of the ring. So, I want to give a shout out to all the wrestlers from this weekend, who absolutely killed it and did a tremendous job. We'll get more into the reviews here in just a little bit. Um, but Dalton, what is your power of positivity for the week? Um, Yours is absolutely right, and that was going to be mine until you said it. Uh, so, so now it feels disingenuous, um, because, and that's why, like when we started recording before my, uh, microphone messed or my headphones messed up, I was like, no, I'll just wait to talk about it. It was going to be like, I'm just so happy that for one, I enjoy wrestling again, just watching it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there was so much good wrestling this weekend, but, um, since you took that one and now I have to come up with a new one on our spot on the spot, I'm going to give it to, uh, swerve in our glory and the acclaimed. That's my power of positivity this week because those two teams play off of each other so well that they have been making me smile in every aspect of their like kind of feud uh, to like the pre-match, the match, the post-match media scrum, the Wednesday almost wrap until Swerve cut it off. It's, it's brought me so much joy, Asa, and I love it. And it's... Two guys that I was super happy got signed to WWE because I was like, oh shit, they got Keith Lee and uh, Shane Strickland. This is going to be dope. And then they kept them away from each other, which sucked. Uh, and then AEW brought them both in and they were like, nah, baby, we got you. You you want Lee and Strickland? We'll give you Lee and Strickland. And it's been so great. It's been so great. Swerve and is very lucky you like him as much as you do. Uh, because otherwise, I assume he would have that Baron Corbin heat. Oh, after yeah. we after Wednesday, because for those of you who don't know, which pay per view was it up in St. Louis? That was Money in the Bank twenty seventeen, when Shinsuke Nakamura made his entrance, and Dalton was so excited to see it live, and then Baron Corbin jumps him from behind and now, cuts off the. And it didn't stop the crowd. It didn't stop the crowd from singing. But you were legit heated. Like, and you were so mad. And it's funny, because, like, out of all of us at the time, I was, like, really the only person that really liked Baron Corbin. N no. 
Uh, no, you liked him, but like, I do remember, like, I liked his NXT stuff. I, he came in and I know that he was starting to kind of grow on you at that point, but I remember being like, yeah, Baron Corbin's going to do awesome in this match to man. Fuck Baron Corbin, because I never thought I was going to get to see Shinsuke Nakamura live to where he has like the coolest entrance he ever had. I get to be a part of the entrance and then I didn't get to be a part of the entrance <laughs> to the point that we then had to go to the following year's WrestleMania so I could relive an entrance. I mean, that's not the only reason we went. It's because we got tickets. But, like, that helped. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, no, but I will say it only works, like, it. the thing from Wednesday where the, uh, he interrupts the, like, Max Caster almost rapping, it mm-hmm. only works as well as it did because of everything that happened this weekend. Where they were like, all right, cool, Max Caster's probably going to get himself fired tonight. And he's a... I did see a tweet that said Max Caster has, it, it was from Wednesday morning and it yeah. said Max Caster has already been suspended for his rap on what, tonight's dynamite. Yeah. So, uh, but like, I loved that. I, everything about this feud has been like my favorite thing. Uh, the acclaimed, I've been a big fan of them since they've been together, uh, to the point that I have their rookie figures coming in, uh, because they made a micro brawlers team. And yes, Asa, they have opposite hands with the scissors and I don't know if you can put them together, but I'm going to try. I'm super happy. This is the first time I bought micro brawlers that weren't out of a crate. And I, I think I waited for a good two. You know how many macho man they've made. I passed up on. I'm like, I don't need Randy Savage, even though I do, but I do need the acclaimed boys. It's cause, well, I mean, this is the, like you said, there's been a bunch of macho mans. This is the first acclaim. So yeah, uh, before we get into the actual pay-per-view breakdowns and reviews, there are a couple bits of news that we do need to talk about. Um, first off being Pat McAfee is going to be leaving SmackDown to join NFL College Game Day. Not NFL, uh, ESPN College Game Day. Yeah. Uh, this is a very big bummer for me because there is. I know I host a pro wrestling podcast, so I don't get to like compare or complain about what other people like but there is just nothing on this planet that i could possibly care less about than college sports so mm-hmm. losing pat mcafee to that is a real bummer especially uh, because it's like now michael cole has been doing so fucking good now that he doesn't have vince in his ear constantly like that is one difference that was from day one night and day yeah and their chemistry is incredible and i love it so that bums me out a little bit uh, I will say for Pat McAfee though, because again, I've I've followed Pat McAfee pre WWE, uh, just because he's a funny dude, um, and like I do like his insights on sports, uh, because I'm the dude was the best punter in the NFL for like for a, a good extended period of time, uh, so he do, he knows what he's talking about, and uh, the amount of times where he talks about how the NFL snubbed him on getting, like, a hosting gig after he retired, he was just like, I'm more entertaining than half of those guys, but they never wanted him. And then he started doing his podcast, and that's what got him in the WWE. And then, like, how he's fucking killed it at WWE, and now ESPN's like, well, I mean, the NFL Network still's not going to use you, but we'll bring you in for game day, because he has done game day stuff before. Because, mm-hmm. like, that NXT uh, weekend he did, uh, uh, War Games, the one I was at, he was at NFL game day in like Michigan the same day that like he did that and then flew to Chicago that night and did NXT or something like that. Like he was at a college game day 
in the morning and then flew to Chicago to NXT that night. Like, he's done game day before. It's a bummer. I fucking hate that he's not going to be on WWE. But I am super happy that he is getting to do football broadcasting. No, you know, as long as he's getting to do something that he wants to do and, like, he is super happy in it, then I'm happy for him. It's a bummer. I'm a selfish person, though, and I don't want him to not be... No, do the thing that I enjoy you doing. Yeah. Be the be the be the good trained monkey and do your do your funny jokes in your Shrinsuke guitar solos and I will say, make fun of bum ass Corbin. Like I will say, oh my god, if he brings up bum ass Corbin on ESPN game day, let's go. Uh but anyway, um uh, his uh I think he's happy if he has a microphone in front of him. I think that's if that's where Pat McAfee is the happiest. If he is being recorded doing something, that man's happy. Cause that's all that he did. Like, like that dude, like, and I'm not saying like, that's a bad thing. He's, he's fortunately very entertaining. Yeah, uh, even sense. the, even the people that are like, I hate Pat McAfee. They're like, no, you hate that. He's an actual personality and not just a fucking stick in the bud because he is entertaining as hell. Yeah. You, you, and that's part of the reason that I like him so much on SmackDown is because he's genuinely like, you can tell he is having a great time. Yeah. And that's just, that's nice to see. So um, cause it's not like I don't like, um, is it Jimmy Smith? Yes. That's, that's, the, the that's on, yeah. Raw, on Raw. He does. Go- he does a good job. I do enjoy him. Um, but he feels a little too buttoned up. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because he has, you know, uh, the bickering, uh, the brother wives in Corey Graves and, uh, Byron Saxton on over either shoulder where he has to play the straight man, but it's just, he feels a little buttoned up. Whereas like Michael Cole and McAfee are just having a blast. Yeah. Cause they and, just, uh, they have that in, they have that in real life chemistry. Have you ever, are genuine oh, friends. Have you ever seen the, um, clip of Pat McAfee talking about how he almost walked out of WrestleMania the first time he did it? Yeah. Because Michael Cole yelled at him about wearing shorts and he was like, man, fuck you. He's like, I get that we're friends, but fuck you. And then they had to con- like, Michael Cole was legitimately worried that McAfee was going to ruin his chance with WWE, which McAfee mm-hmm. just didn't give a fuck. And right. then they sh- they had to show Vince a, I think it was a picture of LeBron James in the tuxedo shorts. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, it's fine. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I love their friendship because you can tell that those two actually genuinely like each other. And the yeah, inter- the interview that, that he had Cole on, on his show, like after he got hired, like that was, that was really sweet. I enjoyed yeah. that. Uh, moving on though, because so much to talk about still, um, next bit of news, some unfortunate news from AEW, uh, Malachi Black has, uh, seemingly received his conditional release from AEW after requesting his release. Uh, initially he had asked for his release back in August and it was denied, but now AEW seems to have granted it. Uh, there's not a lot of information out here, but the general, kind of consensus is that Malachi Black, it's not that he isn't necessarily happy in AEW. He's just kind of having some mental health issues and he's working through a back injury. So it's it's just one of those things where if he needs the space, then you know, take all the time that you need. Wrestling is second like the house I I literally every single time that they're on screen for a pay per view, I have to say that the House of Black is the coolest fucking thing in wrestling right now. Yeah. But like it's not worth him not being happy. Yeah. So I it's in the the idea behind the conditional release is just like, hey, we will, you know, we won't have you under contract, but you can't just go and like start working for WWE. 
Which, like, I I do and don't like. Um, where it's like, hey, we're not going to make you come work. But if you want to come back and do the thing that you do, you need to come talk to us first. And I can... I understand it. I don't like it, but I do understand it. But at least it's not a, we're making you come to work. Or like, we're not letting you out of the contract at all. Yeah. Like at least it's in the middle. Uh, Cause again, I think it's the same thing. Like if we end up talking about it all with punk where it's like, I, you can still make money off the guy's name and likeness for right now. And like, they have like three Malachi black figures coming down the pipe. Um, mm. So like, it's probably not the, worst idea to do the conditional release but we also don't know what that actually looks like we know the words that they're using as conditional release but we Mm -hmm. don't know what that means um but yeah no i mean i'm with you at the end of the day um malachi black has brought me a lot of enjoyment in the last uh, six seven years and super happy for all that but if the dude doesn't feel good and his mind isn't in the right place. Like, no, his health is more important than my entertainment. It's more important than anybody's entertainment. He right. really only has to answer to himself and his wife. And like, uh, that came out weird, but you know what I mean? Like there's probably two people in the world that truly mean something like, or that he's worried about. And it needs mm-hmm. to be him and his family. Yeah. Um, and it looks like that's what he's worried about. And I do genuinely appreciate someone that is, worried about themselves and their family and putting that first. So, um, I hope he gets the, ha- like, I hope he finds his happy or his, his content. And once he finds that, if he wants to come back to wrestling and he can ma- maintain his happy and content and wrestle dope, if it's one or the other, I want him to be happy and content. Yeah. Never, never choose never choose wrestling or like the entertainment of others over your own center. Yeah. That's it's because it's just, it is like, you know, like, it's like you, like you said perfectly, you know, I, we've gotten so much enjoyment and like, he has been so entertaining for several years now and even longer for the people who followed him as Tommy end. Yeah. But like it's, it, it isn't worth him being unhappy or unhealthy. So yeah. it's, it's the, it's the thing that we always end up saying in these kind of situations of just like, Please just be okay. Yeah. I couldn't think of the word that you, I couldn't think of center. I kept saying happy and content. That was like, mm-hmm. there's a better word. I don't know. What it was, and then you said center. And I was like, that was the fucking word I wanted to use. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah. If, if he, he needs, if he can find a center and he realizes he can keep that center and wrestle cool as hell, because like WWE with triple H as the one running creative, I wouldn't mind an Alistair black run. Um, that being said, yes, the house of black is the coolest shit that aw has right now um so like do it in aw but if he can't find his center and wrestle then you know what do you just hang out with thea trinidad and uh do your workouts and get your back right and enjoy your fucking life because you've earned it you enter you've entertained millions for years uh so it's perfectly fine for you to not want to do that anymore the Last bit of news is the one that I'm sure everybody is waiting to hear us talk about. And spoiler alert, we're not going to go into like a deep dive on this. There's a million other podcasts. There's a million other news articles, excuse me, that you can listen to or watch or read uh, breaking down what happened. But it is a major story and it is something that we need to talk about. And uh, 
That is, of course, the media scrum and the fallout after from AEW All Out. I So I'm an old man, and All Out ended around 11 o'clock, 10.30-ish, and I immediately went to bed. I like I was just like sweet I don't have to work in the morning it's Labor Day weekend I'm fortunate enough that I have Monday off so I'm gonna I'm just like but it's still past my bedtime yeah like if I see 10 o'clock something's gone wrong it so I stayed up I watched the pay-per-view had a great old time go to sleep I wake up to three separate messages one's from Dalton one's from Shannon um and then one was a group chat that I was in and it was like, uh, what the hell? CM Punk has lost his mind. Like, so, he's going off. Can I tell you my version of that whole, like, when that happened? Mm-hmm. All right, so I watched it. Sadie's brother uh, worked during the whole pay-per-view. And, yeah. like, he doesn't have anybody around him that actually buys the pay-per-views. So, like, he was stoked. He's like, dude, I hope I have Sunday off. Well, they ended up scheduling his workplace, ended up scheduling him, uh, like, last minute. So mm-hmm. he didn't get to watch it live. And I said, dude, I don't work Monday. You don't work Monday. Um, I'll watch it twice. I remember even telling you that, like, during the main event. I was like, I got to watch it again uh, Mm -hmm. because uh, Danny wants to watch it. So he got home at, like, 11.25-ish, right about when CM Punk started going off. And I remember being like, I was like, so I was trying to get the replay to restart uh, on Bleacher Report, huh? And, um... I was like on Facebook and I was like, oh, the media scrum's going on. Let's see. Like nobody's in the room with me right now. Let's see what's going on. And I just see CM Punk with no shirt with a towel around his neck with coated on blood on his face, just saying all the the shit. And he showed up and I said, okay, Danny, here's what we're going to do. We're going to watch the main event. And then we're going to go back and watch what the fuck's being said on this media scrum. <laughs> and then all whatever match you want to watch, you let me know. I know when they happen. And he was like, all right, cool. And it was, I was up until three in the morning. Jesus. Because it like took us until like one o'clock to get to the media scrum stuff. And then after that, we still had to watch matches that I had already watched. It was a good night. I was not upset, but it was like, I had the exact opposite of you where I was like jazzed almost not jazzed. No, I was jazzed. I was jazzed. It was, it was a shit show. And for some reason that resonates with me my grandma jack my may rest her soul made me watch way too much jerry springer as a kid so mm-hmm. like i just love the squalor uh and that was and all the is, squalor and this is squalor like this is bad like literally everyone involved in the situation looks worse than they did sunday morning yeah because punk looks terrible for bringing up cabana and all of that stuff completely unprompted if you go back and you listen to the the beginning of that media scrum, the press conference, literally no one says his name. He just recognizes a guy that he thinks is friends with Cabana, and he calls him out for it. And the dude is even like, no, I haven't been friends with him for several years now. And then that leads him going on this tangent about uh, Cabana, and then he goes in on the Bucks and Omega and Paige. Now... And just, like, he is just sitting there shitting on the EVPs of the company, some of the top acts of the company, next to the owner of the company, who is just sitting there, deer in the headlights, just kind of nodding along, because he doesn't know what to do. And he doesn't want to upset the Golden Goose. Yeah. So then, Punk's segment ends, 
uh, where he lectures journalists for disclosing who their friends are. Um, the scrum then continues with like Tony Storm, Swerving Our Glory, um, Chris Jericho. Swerving Our I mean, Glory had an um, it, all right. If you're gonna watch, the, if you're gonna watch CM Punk, do yourself a favor and watch Swerving Our Glory do character like they do actual gimmick work in the middle of it, where like. Keith Lee flat out says, I don't listen to people on social media in the nicest way possible. It's beneath me. It's yeah. Like he is just like, he's shitting on it, but in a tongue in cheek way, his, Mm -hmm. his shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Uh, punks were cruel. Uh, but, and then just having swerve be like, what, we got to prove ourselves to those guys again. We're like, why do we got to keep doing this? Like we already beat them once. And like, I loved that. Tony storms was fucking weird because she couldn't think of half of the women's rosters names to the mm-hmm. point where somebody said serena deeb and he she was like oh yeah her and i was like oh god that's worse that might be worse than what punk did until like it was not and well i mean then once after what punk happened obviously not but like no even if nothing happened after the fact him absolutely shitting on people like that in a professional setting is inexcusable <laughs> at least like, he knew their o- names <laughs> i mean yeah but like Anyway, Don't say them like that. That's fair. But yeah, no, it was uh, Jericho and then like Jericho came out and he was very eloquent, which is not saying that he isn't always that way. But like him explaining the whole like it was a fun scrum past uh, J- Punk. Mm-hmm. And if you like Squalor, it was the best scrum that AEW has done. So they so meanwhile, so Punk's portion ends. He leaves they do the rest of the scrum apparently meanwhile uh the young bucks and kenny omega and now there's more and more information is coming out there's two very very different sides of the story of what happened but there was a confrontation between the young bucks and omega and cm punk and a steel in punk's locker room uh a fight broke out a chair was thrown a person was bit uh, which shout out to the sign on dynamite on Wednesday that was just said the elite with the bite taken out of the corner of it. That's just fucking petty. Um, and so in a result of that, uh, everybody involved in the fight, including the people who were there to like deescalate and break it up are suspended waiting to waiting upon uh, the conclusion of an third party external investigation I don't know what that means. I think they're just like interviewing because apparently there was a lot more people in the locker room. They just were not involved in the fight. So they're like, God, they're, they're interviewing all of them to, could to you get, to try to sort out like what actually happened. Could you imagine just being in that locker with all that shit happening and just sitting down? Like, that's what I would have done. I'm not going to lie. Like, I just would have been like these crazy motherfuckers. And then like a couple days later, some person that's not even in AEW is like asking me questions. And I was like, I was just trying to get changed, man. Like, do, yeah. do you got to bother me? I feel bad for those people. Cause it's just like, man, I'm just trying to change. Mm-hmm. Like, this is unfortunate. <laughs> but so we don't, the, on Wednesday, they announced that the AEW world championship and the AEW trios championships would be stripped for, uh, they never said anybody's name, just that the titles were vacated. Uh, uh someone pointed out that P- punk, the bucks and Omega were not in, like the opening footage of dynamite, like in that opening, like video, like they did the then now forever scrub. Yeah. Well, that, that we talk about that. They do like whenever a legend fucks up, um, they also, they showed the whole MJF coming back. 
And never uh, showed punk. And never showed punk, because that was something that me and uh, Sadie's brother noticed. I was just like, mm-hmm. they're not even showing punk, because then he had the line of the day whenever it was the ref holding up the belt, and he was like, those aren't even punk's hands, and I don't know why that got me, mm-hmm. but it did, because it's like, man, they didn't even let it, they, they didn't let a finger get in. So, it, but it, it, this is just a bad situation. Um, the people who think it's a work amaze me, because like, why? This makes your company look terrible. This makes the owner of the company look terrible. This makes four of your top guys look awful. You know, this, and it, and it's one of the thing, like, we're not going to sit here and just be like, to, and take a side, um, because you don't, you don't get to this level of fuck up without literally everyone involved not fucking up at some point. Yeah. In some way. Like, Punk should have never said the stuff that he said. Tony Khan should not have just sat there and let him say it as it was going on. The Bucks and Omega should not have quote unquote stormed into Punk's locker room. Um, Punk should not have thrown punches like Steel shouldn't have bit a motherfucker. Like, <laughs> oh man, you went straight of... to a bite because I'd have been like, Punk shouldn't have thrown punches. A Steel shouldn't have thrown chairs or bite a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, so it's just it it, it it's dumb. Um, the, the one thing that, that I, the, the one bit of editorializing that I will put on it is something that I've said to you multiple times, but it blows my mind the number of people who are per- clutching their pearls over the Bucks and Omega, like current confronting Punk in his locker room, because he, if there's so many people that if that would, you know, they go online and they'll say, I would never let someone disrespect me or my friends. I, you know, you, you, that would never happen. I'd drop a motherfucker. But then he spends 10 minutes just absolutely shitting on me and my friends and then says the phrase, if you have a problem with me, you know where to find me. Come talk to me. Like, yeah, they did have a problem with you and they did know where to find you. So like and so I get that's why he immediately just kind of assumed that, oh, they're about to jump my ass. Uh, But also maybe you kind of should anticipate that when you behave that way. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. That's just me. But no, like the as as people who hold the title of EVP, they should have they should have known to conduct themselves in a better way. I yeah, in a private message, well, it was in a group chat we had where I kind of like broke down, like because I've had to take fucking multiple psychology courses and like de-escalation things in the brain, and it's like yeah, no, nobody was in the right in that situation because nobody was gonna be capable of having a fucking conversation. Like, even if the Bucks and uh, Kenny wanted to have that, Punk didn't want to have that. Punk didn't want to... You could tell You could tell by that scrum that he did not want to have a conversation. And, yes, after you talk all that shit, you do have to put something in there of being like, yes, and if you have a problem, because if not, then you just look like you're bitching. Which, I mean, he was, but, like, you have to make yourself look tough in the situation, because, like, I'm gonna bury everybody and I'll kick your ass. Because uh, you can't say all that shit without that last part. And then they, like, like I said, nobody in that situation was going to be able to have an actual thoughtful conversation. And I don't think anybody was looking to have a thoughtful conversation. And that's kind of the problem. Um, and with when you have people that are important, like EVPs, and then you have the top guy in the company, and all this happens, it looks really bad. Um, considering that Hangman and Colt weren't even meant to be mentioned in all of this it's real weird it's real gross and it's real unfortunate that it ruined not ruined it's real unfortunate that this is the (laughs) only thing people want to talk about coming out of this weekend 
Yeah. And it and it over and that's the thing, is it's like so MJF got ward load. Uh <laughs> that's no the only ta- thing no one's talking about his return. You know, you set up this huge hot angle between MJF and Punk, and no one wants to see that match now. Everyone's talking about what's gonna happen if Punk faces the Elite or Omega or the Bucks or a trios, like with him and FTR. Now like, I'm a- it's you 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 make the you override your biggest storyline going forward. You make the company look terrible. You make the owner look terrible. Like, who does this benefit? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to ask a question. Mm-hmm. Do At this point, because me and you are similar in a lot of ways, do you even want to see any version of those matches now? Now? No. In a year? Yes. I don't. Like, if they can, if they can, if, if they can be adult because again we're talking about millionaires yeah getting their feelings hurt they have the coolest job in the fucking world yeah they make more money than i will ever see in my entire life and if they can't put this shit aside to turn it into like like it's a to i i no part of me thinks it's a work no part of me thinks any of it is a work but if they can't turn it into one down the road, then what the fuck are you even doing? Yeah. I don't want to, like, even a year from now, I don't want to see it. Because it's going to remind me of all this. And it's like, now granted, I wish they would all just get along. Because I think that all four of those guys can make a lot of money for that company. And if they make a lot of money for that company, other people will make a lot of money in that company. And, like, that's a good thing. But... After all this shit, I don't ever want to see them get in a ring together. Because, like, not saying that they aren't... It's the same thing with, like, Edge and Matt Hardy after the whole Lita thing. Like, Mm -hmm. that was gross. Now, did they not have great matches and it had really good chemistry and all that? Yes. But does it really make it less gross? No. It makes it real gross, actually. Um, Not saying that those won't be great matches. Not saying I won't watch them. I'm just saying I initially will feel real gross about it and it's and i and that's just like a personal thing like i'm not saying you're wrong it is but to me it is very much like if we can know going in that like i'm not saying they have to get along i'm not saying they have to like each other but i think that they need to be put in a room and been like so here's the deal either we're going to be professional and we're not doing these pot shots and we're not doing these cheap shots and we're not like it's not on site at a professional environment, then you have to be able to work together. Now, whether or not these matches ever actually happen, that's one thing. But you can't deny that there is going to be an appeal to that. Like, people are going to kind of be like, oh, people are talking about Punk hates the elite. They're not talking about Punk in in MJF, which, something I forgot to mention, I meant to put it in as a separate news story, but here it is. Um, Punk was injured during the main event. There was reports and and rumors going around that he got hurt in the fight. Apparently that has been debunked in that it was during the actual match because you and I even mentioned like, holy shit, did he, is he hurt again? Cause he was was holding, he was grabbing it. Yeah. Um, so, and the, I think it was Meltzer is saying that like, if it is, he, it's a torn muscle in the arm, maybe the, the peck, but the typical out time for that is eight or nine months. Yeah. Which, in the grand scheme of things, this might be, and I, I, again, feel gross saying this, this might be the best thing for this whole situation. Because 
now you have Punk that literally just can't be at shows. And now you're going to have at least eight to nine months to figure out what you're going to do with Punk or at least be able to get everybody on the same page. And again, millionaires. Millionaires that could be more millionaires if they just get over it. Yeah. And now, granted, that's not the best way. No, no, no. These people make a lot of money. I can say this and not feel bad. They need to get the fuck over it if they want to make more money. Because like you said, I don't want to see it, but can they make a lot of money down the road with Punk versus Omega? Yes. Yes, they can. They can make a lot of money with this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't do it if people don't get their heads out of their asses. Yeah. For so, lack of a better term. But we got actual shows to talk about. We got actual matches to talk about. So that is where we're leaving that for right now. I'm sure there will be updates in the coming weeks as the investigation continues. Uh, I've, I don't think that we're ever going to see the official results of that. I think the only thing, like, we're not going to see what the investigation found. Like, we're not going to get a play-by-play breakdown of what happened that night. I think we're just going to get a, okay, so the, the producers who were suspended for breaking up the fight, they were found to not be in the wrong. They're returning back to work. The Bucks and Omega are going to be off TV for three months, six months, whatever it's going to be. Punk, the, the, the leanings on the internet seem to be he could be let go. He could walk away. Uh, we don't really know what's going to happen there. But, um, it, you know, so, but, and I also wonder if his suspension will be on top of his injury. So, like, okay, he's cleared to come back to the ring in eight months. But then does he serve a six-month suspension after that? Because it's kind of fucked up to suspend a dude while he's already on the shelf. Like, that's not much of a punishment. Oh, okay, so, I see what you're saying. I was like, no, if I'm if I'm going to be suspended, I would want to be injured. Uh, no, yeah, for him but, it works out yeah, great, no, but it's I, not yeah, a good... It's not a good business move, because it's like, I mean, this motherfucker wasn't going to wrestle for you anyway. And yeah, that's, what was, I was, that's what I was kind of getting out of, just like... And I may not have said this, this might have been off the air, where it's just like, nah, I mean, now Tony Khan at least can have eight months to figure out what the fuck he's going to do. And, mm-hmm. like, he can at least profit off of CM Punk's name if he's not going to... Like, I don't think you fire him right away if you're since he's not going to be there anyway. Like, make your money out of him. They've announced, like, five CM Punk figures. Like, you get what you can out of him now. And then, if you need to figure out what you need to do later, then do what you need to do later. But for right now, go ahead and make the money that you can make off of him. Which sounds gross, but, like, we live in a ca- capitalistic hellscape. So, like, am I that wrong for saying it? Probably not. But yeah, no, like, if we're playing all in fairness, like, if we're playing totally fair, the second he gets cleared is the second Tony Khan needs to be, like, three months suspension. Now, is he going to do that? Probably not. Because in eight months, they're probably going to need CM Punk back if he's going to wrestle. I mean, maybe. It's... We saw on Wednesday that even without those four, that roster's still stacked. It's real good. Like they, they've got an abundance. They got an embarrassment of wealth when it comes to talent for the show. Are they as the big of names? No. Could they be? Yeah. Pretty easily, probably. But might be even uh, easier. Like I said, all those names not there. Yeah, we're. Uh, that's all we're talking about. Um, so moving on to the actual shows of the weekend, let's start off with that AEW All Out Media Scrum pre-show. Uh, it was called AEW All Out, yep. uh, which it had its own pre-show, which was pretty neat. 
uh, called Zero Hour. First match of the night was Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello uh, taking on the team of Ortiz and Ruby Soho. Worst match uh, of the weekend. Yeah, it, this one was rough. Uh, Ruby Soho has a broken nose. Coming out of it confirmed, got dropped right <laughs> just right on her neck. So uh, Sammy Guevara, like I honestly think it was a solid joke, but someone was bleeding three minutes into the pre-show of the pay-per-view. Yeah. Because Sammy Guevara uh, was bleeding pretty early on. So I did like the sp- I did like the opening thing where Ortiz and Soho were chasing them on the golf cart. cart yeah. And he like shoved her out of the way at the last second, but still got hit. Like I thought that was kind of funny. Um, I just remember when it happened. I sent you a text of Ruby broke her nose because I mm. broke my nose the exact same way. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those like, no, she definitely broke it. And then after it, she's clutching her nose. She, you can see the blood. And then I love that you send me the Meltzer report that she broke her nose. And I just responded with no fucking shit. I said that she broke her nose. Um, that, that was match more to just confirm firm that, that I was right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause like, no, she looked into the knee and that's what it is. I took a, not the same move. I took a similar move from somebody and I looked into mm-hmm. the knee and that's how you break your nose. It's just, it's, it's a knee going into your face. It's going to break your nose. Um, not saying that anybody was more on the right or the wrong. Uh, they were, they seemed very careless with Ruby in that match. Um, yeah. so like it was, it was not a great match anyway. If that match would have gone off perfectly technical at the end of the day with nobody getting hurt, I still wouldn't have liked it. But the fact that it felt like they were very careless with somebody, um, makes me not like it more. Um, it felt like it had no stakes. And so for a match with no stakes and just it, someone getting hurt, I understand it was for titles. But, I was going to say, it was a championship match. It was for the AAA World Mixed Tag Team Championship. And it still felt like it had no stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's You don't want anybody getting hurt in a match, but you really don't want to get any... You don't want somebody getting hurt in a match that doesn't seem like it's worth it. Yeah. Um, uh, next match was for the FTW Championship as Hook defended against Angelo Parker. Uh, quick, kind of nothing of a match, won by Red Rum. But it was the aftermatch when Matt Menard got involved, Daddy Magic, and then Action Bronson came in and just chucked him. That was awesome. Apparently, he has been working with Taz for something. Uh, people are thinking it's going to be a... No, it is. Uh, Arthur, has it been announced or is it... Uh, he, he very much put the challenge out to them for okay. Arthur Ashe. That's why, because we were in a group chat and I said Arthur Ashe, and I don't think you realized I was making a statement. Of yeah. like, no, that's when it's going to be. They did a uh, vignette yesterday. I assumed you were just doing a guess. No, no, um, no. But yeah, so Hook and Hook and Action Bronson against uh, Angelo Parker, Matt Menard 2.0. And I, yeah. I I have a mighty need. Let him just chuck motherfuckers. Yeah. I'm very on board with that. Uh, this is when the pay-per-view really kicked off for me. Because like, I love, obviously I love Hook. I'm super into that act. Um, but the match was just kind of there. And it, yeah. and it was more about the post-match. But the all AEW All Atlantic Championship uh, saw Pac defend against Kip Sabian, and goddamn, this was this was a really good match. And the 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 Kip Sabian like standing in the crowd with the box on his head like for months at this point, years it feels like. I I was like, I don't know what they're gonna do with this. I am one hundred percent on board now. Yeah, because it's way Him, more deep than we thought. Him talking to the box, like asking it for advice. It's head 2.0, but like it works. And I think that Kip Sabian is a way more entertaining wrestler than Al Snow. But like, that's just me. Um, 
I'm, I was greatly entertained by this. I want to see more from Kip Sabian. It made me really happy that he was out there with uh, Penelope Ford. Yeah. Last night. So I can't wait to see more of that. And, you know, the bastard is the bastard. You're, oh, he was great. Shocker. For 10 years, I've been trying to figure out how that man's body works and still can't. Oh, uh, here. well, I, here's a lead for you if you need to re-up the investigation. See, gravity forgot him. <laughs> He's this man that gravity seems to have forgotten. Uh, also had a great after match segment where Tony Schiavone's getting ready to interview him. Orange Cassidy comes out and he's just like, no, no, no. <laughs> he's having none of his shit. <laughs> and then he leads through, he leaves through the heel tunnel, which I think was going to lead to something different probably. But now that they're the trios champions as well, I think they may have pivoted on that. But uh, shout out to Pac for being the first ever dual aew champion the first person to hold two aew titles that are different we've had a lot of people hold two belts at the same time but it's just been the same belt twice tnt how do you hold the same how... whenever uh, sammy had the two tnts whenever they were making them undisputed so like that oh, okay. and then moxley no no i said it's the first time it's two different belts because like you're moxley being... was doing it too you're being dumb uh and then the main event of the zero hour is one of my favorite matches of the whole weekend like yeah uh, Eddie Kingston versus Tomohiro Ishii. Um, goddamn. I, this, and I know what you're thinking. If you've listened to the show for a while, you know the matches that I like and the matches that I don't like. You're probably like, really? You enjoyed them chopping the god shit out of each other for three consecutive minutes to the point that a man had blood blisters forming on his chest? And yeah, it turns out when it's Eddie Kingston, yeah, I do. The one shot where he chops... Uh, Ishii and then it like cuts back and you just see him just standing there of just like pain like he has that confused <laughs> like it was it was equal parts no cell and just confusion of like what you just did to me uh, but the my favorite part again though was probably after the match where Kingston was trying to like because Kingston has such a respect for New Japan and All Japan and just, like, that style of wrestling, the King's Road style. Yeah. That he wanted the crowd to, like, give Ishii the attention and, like, give him the rub. Whereas he was like, no, no, you won the match, like, enjoy your moment. So it was basically, like, they were trying to just be like, no, you. No, you. No, no, <laughs> you. you. You're the man. Like, I, that made me, that made me smile. Yeah. I... I still stand by the fact that uh, I, even with the stuff with the Joker that we're going to talk about here in a minute, Eddie Kingston should be the person to have dethroned CM Punk for the AEW championship. Yeah. Instead but of that, a... I'm, I'm a little bummed that he's not in the running for the, the tournament that they're doing for the world title. But I do like he needs a run with that championship. Yeah. Like or give at least him, give the... him a, to me, what I want to see is give Moxley a good long run in front of the fans where he's not interim and then have him drop it to his friend Kingston. You don't need to do a turn. You just need to be like, no, I know you've beaten me in the past, but I know I can beat you. I know I can carry that title. Yeah. Or or give him a TNT title. Like, I want the, I, I mean, yes, you're not wrong, but it's like, yes, give the man a nice steak or give him a fucking filet. Like, I want I want him to have the world, Dalton. Yeah, I know I get it. And it's one of those where it's just like, I could see them being like, no, Eddie Kingston is very marketable, but we'll never put the actual heavyweight title on him. Be like, uh, he, but he deserves it. Like, I think that the man is 
been the best acquisition from the 2020 pandemic that they got. Yeah. And I don't even think it's close. And they got some bangers during that time. But I think... uh, Brody. But I think, like... I think Kingston has been the best return on their investment. Because he has really given a lot of, like, cool legitimacy and just really dynamic storytelling through him. Where it's like, no, Eddie Kingston's paying for himself. Like... That's a, that is, that is one of those, like, that's a good hire that only makes you money. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, no, he does deserve the world, but I at least want the man to have a stake if they're going to, if they're not going to give him anything. That's fair. Yeah. So, uh, the first match of the actual show proper was the casino ladder match for a future AEW championship, excuse me, uh, that saw the Joker under a mask uh, defeat Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler Yuta, Penta, El Zero, Miedo, Ray Phoenix, Roosh, Andrade El Idolo, and Dante Martin. Um, this was weird because the match itself, as it was going on, was kind of a train wreck. Yeah. Um, in, in, in both a good and bad way. The, the weird thing with like, it's like, I wonder if Claudio purposely screwed up the construction just to show off how strong he is. <laughs> but yeah, I know he didn't because he's too sweet of a person to have done that. Yeah. But it's just, it was so, every it's Royal Rumble style where a different entrant comes, a different person enters the match every couple minutes. And then it got to, so they're all wrestling. The match can end at any point, like even before the Joker comes out. I joked with you that it would have been hilarious to me if Tony didn't have a Joker planned, so they end the match like three people in. That would have been hilarious. But at a certain point, before the Joker is even set to come out, a bunch of masked men run out, beat the shit out of everybody. Someone climbs the ladder, pulls the chip down. He unmasks it Stokely. It's Stokely's group that's jumped everybody, so it's the it's the Ass Boys, it's Ethan Page, it's Lee Moriarty, and it's uh, W. Morrissey. Yeah. And then Sympathy for the Devil plays. Dude in a devil mask walks out, Stokely hands him the chip, teases the unmasked, but then walks out. And it was like, okay, that's an interesting finish if you're gonna go there. The, the Sympathy for the Devil was kind of a heavy-handed tease like it was very clearly mjf the whole time but you know it that is but but them not doing the reveal and it was like hmm i don't know if i like that like i paid 50 dollars for this show don't make me pay 50 dollars to advertise to watch your dynamite yeah your tv show that never works well for any company that's tried that which they had ended up paying it off but this was weird uh um the visual was cool, though, and, like, Tony Khan paid for a fucking Rolling Stones song to be played exactly once, uh, which did was you, great. Uh, did you, the visual of the Stokely still in the mask grabbing the poker chip and then taking the mask off to be Stokely, how happy were you? Oh, incredibly. Yeah, no, I, I yelled. Yeah, it, it was, it was fantastic. I loved that. Because, one, I love Stokely. But also just that visual of just like, oh shit, this is what he's been doing with like the business cards and stuff. Yeah, and it paid like I liked that, like was it weird? Yes. Was did it make the last couple of weeks better? 
yes. That was that was uh like Rise of Skywalker to Last Jedi, where that movie made me like Last Jedi. That finish made me like the random ass handing people cards. Cause like he's been behind MJF's thing since on Front Street. He walked out and Stokely got a hold of him and said, No, we're gonna play the long game. And yeah. has been playing the long game the whole time. And I love it. Like, it's been, like, I love that little bit. Even, like, Wednesday, whenever he beats the shit out of that uh, production assistant. And the, the great line of, when I'm on a microphone, you respect me like your father. Oh, my God. They're going to make Stokely Hathaway like the fucking Paul Heyman of AEW. And let's go. Super right fucking board. now. <laughs> Which, by the way, him assembling a stable of people who have been overlooked and undervalued and the one segment they get is basically a stagehand saying we don't have time for you uh-huh mm. yeah mm. real good very good mm-hmm. very like it's not subtle but mm, it's good nom, yeah nom, nom, nom. <laughs> g- g- gimme 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 uh next up was the tournament finals for the aew world trios championship as the elite won the trios champions first ever trios champions historic reign of 48 hours uh, as they defeated Hangman Adam Page, Alex Reynolds, and John Silver. I liked this match, but I didn't like the story behind it. Yeah. Um, Because I don't care. Like, the original Hangman gets betray- betrays the elite and gets kicked out and then finds new friends in the Dark Order. I, I was super into that. I loved that. But for whatever reason, the idea of like now his old friends are willing to forgive him and like not necessarily want him back, even though they did ask him to be the third. If the Bucks asked him to be the third and he turned them down to kind of show loyalty to his new friends. It's it's fine. But like, it's not as good. And the whole like, hey, don't go after his back, like him interrupting his own tag team partners like that didn't make sense. I yeah. didn't. I did not. And, and I thought that was kind of dumb. It it made sense, but it wasn't good. Like that's more of what I meant. Like yeah, yeah. I get. Like I get it. Well, it. If you're trying to win the match, no, it doesn't make sense. Well, like, if so, oh, but don't don't hurt him. His his back has been hurt since 2005. He's been like, selling that lower back injury for quite a while. Um. Yeah. It's. I don't hate AEW's. Uh, I don't hate AEW's commentary. It's not the best, but whenever that happened and the justification, because like I told you, I was like, are they going to make fucking Silver and Reynolds heel for this match to placate the Bucks and Kenny? Because that's fucking dumb. But I don't remember who said it, but they made the really, really just like great point of no, these are the only two guys in this match that have never held gold in AEW. This is their chance to finally do that. I don't blame them for finding a weak spot and exploiting it. Like, I actually liked that. It was better storytelling than what we were getting in the ring. That actually mm-hmm. kind of enhanced something I hated. Because I remember texting you being like, seriously? Now, granted, I love Dark Order more than most. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not their number one fan. Would join if they asked me. But, like, I love them so much. And I loved, like, their entire character arc to where they're kind of, like, goofy now. And I'm like, no, still love it. And it's like, oh, now they're going to be serious. But Hangman's going to stop him. And it's like, ah, I hated that. Loved the match. We did get a John Silver uh, pinball uh, hot tag. It's the best thing in wrestling. Don't fucking come at me with that. We uh, got the fucking John Silver near falls. 
Yeah, that man's good at victory rolls. Holy shit. Like, two in a row where I was convinced. Yeah, same. And then brokenhearted. That was a roller coaster of emotions. Uh, I will say I loved, I absolutely adored the finish of... And I didn't adore the, like, him hitting uh, Silver with the buckshot, but I like, like, little, like, I like when things make sense. He hits the buckshot, and the second he hits the ground and realizes he hits uh, Silver, Matt Jackson grapevines him. Yeah. Like, I dug that so much. It, it always, I am a sucker for a good, like, someone keeping the opponent from breaking up the pin. Yeah. And that was and that and that was a, a very good one. So the match itself, yeah, was really good. I didn't I just I didn't love some of the storytelling, but I was but in my head I was like, well, they'll address it here in the you know coming weeks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, about about that. Um the next match uh is should have been so much more than it was. Jade Cargill defeated Athena to retain the AEW TBS championship. This match didn't even go five minutes. Now, granted, they went a million miles an hour the entire time, but this is just not the match I was expecting or was hoping to see. Yeah. So I just, I was a little let down on it. Like, it's not that it was bad. It's just, I wanted, like, I was hoping we were going to get a longer match. I was hoping we were going to get a more competitive match because it was, and like, also they're supposed to be protecting Athena's finish and the baddies missed the pin breakup. Yeah. So Jade had to kick out like not a great, not, not great. So like I said, less than five minutes for a match that by all means should have been like, this could have been both of their just like, no, look how fucking good we are. And really the women's matches put in real bad situations uh, for this card. So that was a bummer. Uh, next up was a six man tag team match as Wardlow and FTR took on Jay Lethal, defeated Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. I will say I will eat a little bit of crow because Motor City Machine Guns did just come out full heel the entire time. Yeah. I wish we would have gotten some of that on the actual television show instead of just like video packages saying that they were going to be teaming with Jay Lethal. Because, you know, they are effective as heels, but... But tell that story before you pay $50. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, same thing. The The match was good, but it's all about the, the post-match. Of... <laughs> Sanjay Dutt. I'm sorry, I gotta say oh. it. Sanjay Dutt with the best heat in the business. Eight-year-old girl with a heart condition that she worked through and busted her ass to get through. And <laughs> fight like an eight-year-old brat. Uh, poor taste. Poor taste. You know Dax was cool with it. Um, and they paid it off perfectly, but I gotta say, there was nothing better, nothing better than Sanjay Tut putting that shirt on and having it on the whole time. Loved it. Uh, and then the super payoff of, like, I, whenever their music hit, FTR walking out, like, it was really weird. Because, yeah, because like, they were super close together, like... They were close together and they were walking kind of weird, like, oh, what's going on there? But then when they split and his daughter was behind them, it's like, okay, amazing, love it, fuck him up. <laughs> Fuck up, Sanjay. I want to see it happen. Yeah. And then after the match, he gets cornered. She comes back out. Dax hands her the pencil. She breaks it. And then he just knocks him out. She pins him. Bryce is there to count the three. Heartfelt moment of the weekend. Like, that was just touching. Yeah, that was great. It was great. And I I love, and I do, I just really do. I love that, for one, Dutt did that with the eight-year-old brat. 
And mm-hmm. I, I appreciate, because you know Dax was cool with it. You know Dax saw that shirt and went, fuck yeah. Like, and it was about his daughter. But again, they paid it off, so like, I know he was cool with it. Yeah, it, it would have been one thing if it wasn't going to get enough, like, a, if it wasn't going to get a yeah, payoff. But like, knowing knowing that that was going to happen regardless, and then fight like an eight-year-old brat, you know his fucking face lit up like a Christmas tree. Yeah. That's, oh that's god, fantastic. I love Dax Harwood. Nah, he's gonna be my fucking wrestler of the year, and not even because he's great at what he does. When I tell you the the audible sound that came out of my body whenever <laughs> it was announced that Claudio's wrestling him on Rampage, I'm embarrassed. Uh, it's but like, like, it's gonna be the first time that I'm gonna be cool that Dr- Claudio won't like maybe loses the belt. He's not gonna, but no. like if he does, I'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> Next match for All Out was Powerhouse Hobbs defeating Ricky Starks in just over five minutes. Uh, This is another one that I'm looking at like, huh, question marks. Yeah, big ones. Uh, I I don't know if it was Meltzer or Sap, but someone pointed out that like Hobbs is in line for a really big push. So like that makes sense. His spine, that spine buster that he won with. Gross. Jesus Christ, loved it. I kind of hope this isn't the end of their feud, but it did bum me out, especially with, you know, the people. I have questions about, like, the booking of Wednesday, not having Punk and the Elite there. But that's for another conversation. But, like, not getting any kind of follow-up on Hobbs seems like a real missed opportunity. Yeah. So, but we'll we'll see where this goes. I would love to see them run this back just because, like... The intensity that Starks brought was there that we know he can do. I I just, I can't wait to see what's next for both of these guys. But, like, this is a feud that I think could have some legs to it if they decided they wanted oh, to go with that. Oh, 100%. 100%. Next match is probably my match of the night. It's up there. It's Because it, it's real close. It's real close between this and another one. And it was for the AEW World Tag Team Championships as Swerve and Our Glory retained against the Acclaimed. God damn. What an ovation for the Acclaimed. What a fucking tag team match. Like, I've been thinking about this match, like, since Sunday. Yeah. Like, I just will come back to it, like, a couple times. Um, It's just, it was so good. The crowd, it almost felt like, someone on Twitter pointed this out. I can't remember exactly who it was. But someone on Twitter pointed out that, like, it felt like Chicago went from ha ha scissor me daddy ass meme wrestlers. This is funny to we have never genuinely wanted to see someone win a championship more than the acclaimed right now in pure earnestness. Yeah. So I've I've seen this match three times since uh, it happened. I watched it live. I watched it one time with Sadie's brother and then I watched it one time by myself again. And I really hate that I'm going to have to go back and watch an hour-long tag match with uh, FTR versus uh, Briscoes at Death Before Dishonor and then watch this match because I can't tell you which one's better. Because right now, those are my two matches of the year. Yeah. And I'm not even joking. Um, I think right now, and this could be the new hotness, but if you like gunned ahead, which match did you like more? I liked this one more. And I think it's because of the expectation. We knew, we knew we were going to have a five-star classic out of FTR and the Briscoes. That was a, that was a fucking foregone conclusion when they had a two out of three falls match. 
we knew that was going to be a fucking banger. Yeah. I don't think anybody was prepared for what we were, what we got out of that match um, with the acclaimed and swerve in our glory. And I think, I think that is why I like this match so much more. Now, uh, if we go back to my like power of positivity, I know how good those two guys are. I've been watching them forever. Mm -hmm. The acclaimed are great tag team wrestlers. There's not a slouch in this match. What those four fucking guys did was pure, like I thinking about it. Goosebumps just happened. Like they fucking hook, line and sinker had that fucking audience by in the palm of their hand yeah. and could do whatever they wanted with them. And it was, it was fucking nuts. I loved this match again. This might be my match of the year. No, and that makes sense. Like, cause even go back to like last week for the pre for the preview, I was like, it'll be fun. You know, they're, they're, they're definitely not going to do a title change. They'll probably get me a couple times just cause of everybody involved being good. But like, eh, like, you know, this is a whatever match with a whatever build. And then they do that. And it was just like, holy shit, how bad I wanted the acclaim to win. How bad the crowd wanted them to win. How behind them they got. Um, the I, I am very curious whether or not that was the match that was supposed to happen. Like if that's what they planned out the whole time. Or did was there a pivot where Lee and Strickland were like, no, nah, we're not getting them back. Let's lean into it. Yeah. Because if that's the case, holy shit, what a pivot. Because they kill, they started off kind of doing the face first face thing. You know, Swerve's house was getting stuff, but then that was replaced by Daddy Ass. It was just, it was... Oh, no, it was Bask in his glory, or Swerve in his glory, and then it turned into, oh, oh Daddy Ass. Yeah. Which was, so it was, oh my, it was such a great fucking match. And then, like... Uh, I can't say enough great things about it. Yeah, um, it was it was fantastic. I, the only reason that it's close is because I'm a sucker for the other two guys in this other match that we're, we'll talk about here in a second. Yeah, but man, what a match! I can't wait for the rematch. I am curious. It was nice to see the the that level of heat that that Strickland got for interrupting Max Caster last night was great. Like it was good to see that momentum carry over because that very well may have been just like a lightning in a bottle moment. You yeah. know, are the rest of the crowds going to react as strongly to the acclaimed going forward like Chicago did? Because Chicago's its kind of own animal when it comes yeah. to wrestling crowds. Uh, so. The fact that they kept their backs turned to uh, Caster whenever he did his rap, but then we're still like, oh, yeah, that was a good one. Like, they did acknowledge, like, okay, that was a good line, but they had their backs firmly at, backs to them the whole yeah. time. Like, it was... They did such a good job with the neat storytelling they did. And ever like everything felt intentional, even and though also, it may not have been. And also look at the time it was given. This was the longest match on the show. Actually, no, it wasn't. Uh, it was the second longest match on the show. Okay. So they got their time and they fucking knocked it out of the park. Kudos to all four of those guys. Yeah. Star making performance from the acclaimed. Uh, next up, following that banger of a match was, you guessed it, the women's championship match. Because, <laughs> fuck them. Uh, Tony Storm defeated Britt Baker DMD, Jamie Hayter, and Hikaru Shida to become the interim AEW Women's World Champion. Uh, the big story coming out of this, of course, one, Storm winning, but two, DMD pulling the referee out while Hayter had uh, either Storm or Shida pinned. I don't remember who it was that she had covered. I think it was but, Shida. 
yeah, so we are now getting that tension between ba- uh, Brit and uh, Hater. Uh, Asa, so. just so you know, you can still buy the uh, Hikaru Shida Shop AEW exclusive figure. I don't need it, is the thing. I know you don't. I bought it. I also don't need it, but I don't have any of those shop exclusives, and this is the first one that I actually kind of want, so I understand that, yeah, yeah. I have a couple of them that I, like, bought just because they were for sale, and I'm bad. Uh, next match went a whopping 20 seconds as Christian Cage defeated Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Um, this one was kind of crazy, and again, this is another kind of eating crow moment for me, because Jungle Boy comes out, He's kind of confused because Luchasaurus isn't behind him. So he like goes back to the face tunnel. Meanwhile, Luchasaurus has come out of the heel tunnel to blindside him. Choke slams him onto the pyro launcher that just shot off Jungle Boy's pyro. Yeah. So he's got these burn marks, his grill marks. On Looking his like a Burger King burger. Yeah. Uh, that, you can tell. You taste the meat, not the heat. <laughs> and, and, Jungle, and, and Jungle Boy Jack Perry tasted all of that. Uh, Luchasaurus just fucks up Jungle Boy for a few minutes, rolls him into the ring. Uh, Jungle Boy says he can he can do the match. Christian hits him with a spear, hits him with the uh, kill, kill switch. switch, and then gets the cover in 20 seconds. Christian Cage apparently is going to require surgery off of what happened uh, the week before on Dynamite or Rampage. So that kind of explains this. I will say, you know, talking about like, man, they really kind of what they did with Luchasaurus and his turn was so weird and so ineffective for him to just immediately turn back. But then he's still like within the black mask. He's still got the super heel theme, which is a which is awesome. Yeah. Shout out to Mikey. Ruckus. Sadie Sadie is straight up says he scares me. And this is a grown woman. And yeah. she's like, no, he's scary now. And I don't like it. And, uh, yeah, no, so I, I appreciate everything they're doing with Luchasaurus right now. Is it weird? Yes. Is it working? Yes. So I'm, I'm excited to see where this progresses. Like, I feel like the two of them will have good matches. I am bummed that, you know, that tag team is dissolving, but I'm, I, I, I'm curious to see where it'll go. And I like the dynamic of like Christian grabbing him by the head and being like, I love you. I love you. Like, (laughs) Christian's gold. How did, what did, what did, what did he do to like, to to turn him? I want to know. So maybe we'll find more about that later. Uh, the next match is, I loved this match. It was Chris Jericho defeating Brian Danielson. Uh, this was the uh, longest match of the night, but just by like a minute and 10 seconds. I really, really enjoyed this match. These are two of the best wrestlers to ever wrestle ever. Uh, we didn't get, the Jericho Appreciation Society interference like I was worried we would. This was just a straight-up wrestling match. Yeah. And it had, you know, say what you will about the finish, about Jericho constantly, you know, how strong he's continuously booked, whatever. This was a fucking great match. The crowd was very burnt out, and you could tell that they were kind of saving some of their energy for the main event, and they were kind of in that holding pattern. But I, this was just, as a wrestling match... You don't really get any better. Uh, Daniel Bryan said the line. He's going to get his... uh, Bryan Danielson said the line. Uh, Yeah, Daniel Bryan never said that line. Why would I say that? (laughs) Bryan Danielson said the line. He's going to get his fucking head kicked in. Loved Mm it. Um, I love that Aubrey Edwards does not take his fucking shit with the I got till five. Because he did it and she just looked at him. I'm like, oh, Aubrey don't like that. Aubrey watched Ring of Honor. 
like yeah. old school. She ain't dealing with his fucking shenanigans. But yeah, just the, he's gonna get his fucking head kicked at. And I was like, he said it. I love he when he says thing. it. Uh, it. I'm okay with the finish. No, you know, I he, loved. He, I loved the finish. I he, like because it was a dick it kick. Was the, it was a dick kick, but it was also like the first time that he really cheated in the match. Yeah, like he did. Well, this was a pretty straight up like one v one wrestling match, and then it wasn't until Jericho kind of like hit rock bottom and was like, "Nope, this is what we're doing." And that's why it worked because Jericho is like. And again, people say what they will about like his booking at AEW and how he might be too strong. But when you really look at this match, like, yes, he still went over, but he like he is so arrogant that he can outperform Brian Danielson wrestling wise, which in reality, nobody can outperform Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson wrestling wise. He's literally the best going right now. But Chris Jericho is one of the best ever. So like it makes sense that he was able to go toe to toe until he couldn't. And the second he realized off. Oh, Fuck, I'm not going to be able to beat this guy. Kick him in the dick. Because, again, uh, Jericho is good enough to know when he can get away with it. Like, it was great. And then to hold the uh, Daniel Garcia aspect of it. Of just, like, him looking like the upset child. Seeing his dad just I cheating whenever he doesn't feel like he needs to. Like, that whole... It worked so well. I loved that finish. Was it what people wanted? No. But was it good? damn right it was i loved it yeah uh next up was the six-man tag team match uh darby allen sting and miro defeated the house of black um it was entertaining i liked the whole like miro wants to 1v3 them (laughs) yeah that was cool darby had to tag himself in this is this is one where the finish to me didn't make a lick of sense you have darby pin malachi black even though, like, to me, this, and maybe it's, maybe this is me not getting it. But, like, to me, this feud has been more Miro versus House of Black. And Dar- Darby and Sting, like, because Darby has been feuding with Brody, sure. And, like, Mal- and the House of Black has been involved in that, and those matches have been brutal. But, like, to me, the most interesting part is Miro. Yeah. And, and like, you know, you said the Pagans. And so to have Miro not be involved in the finish, like to where he wasn't even in the ring. Yeah. It, I did. That bummed me out. That, it, that was a letdown. It should have been, it should have been Darby getting a definitive win over Brody. If Darby was going to win, like if Darby was going to be the reason they won, it should have mm-hmm. been that. Cause that's where the feud was. It was really weird. It was really wonky. I think they just really wanted sting to missed malachi and that be the reason to give malachi his release like they needed to really get him they needed to get him the fuck out of the way they they wrapped it up that way which is Um, a good way of doing it yeah so i understand why malachi like took the pin but like why wouldn't you give it to miro or just let miro put the game over in like there's a lot of things that you like it and it was a it was an entertaining match but it was very confusing yeah so that Uh, yeah and then the main event, CM Punk defeating John Moxley to win the AEW World Championship. He is now a two-time AEW World Championship. He is a two-time AEW World Champion with a combined reign of like eight days. Yep. Uh, because he has now been stripped of the title. Unless, I don't know, like do you... I guess his reign didn't count through the... While there was an interim champion? No, he was still... No, because if you're... So the way interim works, if I'm like using the UFC rules, mm-hmm. is CM Punk is the champion. 
Right. So see, like, if we're doing interim rules, CM Punk was the champion from when he beat Hangman to when he lost uh, to Moxley. Okay. So however long that reign is. Now, people aren't going to say that because they're like, well, no, Moxley was the champion. No, he was the interim champion. Mm-hmm. CM Punk is still acting champion. CM Punk gotcha. still has a belt. So, yes, in reality, CM Punk has a combined reign of, like, four days. Mm-hmm. But in the actual, like, if you want to use interim correctly, like in UFC, um, like Frank Mir won an interim belt, but somebody else was still the champion. That's why yeah. people in UFC fucking hate interim belts because, and they'll even say it whenever they win. This is a fake fucking title. It's not the actual one. The guy that has it has the actual one. This is just bullshit that you guys are saying to sell fights. Yeah. Um, that's why UFC guys don't like it. Now, some people like you're still a champion technically, but like, so technically, CM Punk does have like a couple month reign of being the AEW champion. He just didn't have it because there was an interim champion at the same time. Okay, and that's yeah, why so interim is, is also it's stupid. It's, it's it, why I don't like it either. It's so. in a scripted sport. It's real stupid. Yeah. Uh, so CM Punk wins the championship. This was another really good match. Uh, I enjoyed the hell of it. John Moxley. So we were talking about Dax Harwood earlier being the wrestler of the year. John Moxley, man, between the promos that he cuts, the matches that he puts on, he didn't even bleed for once. Uh, I was punk proud blood of enough him. for the punk did blood enough for the both of them. Uh, it was he's he's up there for my wrestler of the year. Yeah, is, is John Moxley because like everything that's happened after the pay per view, and people are really are like kind of. It seems like people are really giving Moxley his flowers for being like the heart and soul of that company. Yeah, I did the the promo where he said, I am the heart and soul of AEW. And then Punk's response of, all right, I'll be the dollars and cents. That was the most accurate fucking thing <laughs> ever, which is a shame because Moxley should like Moxley should be able to draw on his own. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's any fault to him. I think Moxley is a great company man for AEW. Because they let him be Moxley. I think that's the difference. WWE didn't let him be Moxley. And they Mm -hmm. didn't even let him be Ambrose. So, like, you make somebody that's really talented unhappy. And then he leaves and then goes somewhere else that lets him be just unabashedly fucking him. And looks how great he is. I, like, out of the three of them, uh, I think Roman is just barely ahead of Moxley right now. But I think Roman is having the run of his career. But Moxley has been having, like, the last three years of his career. Where it's just yeah. been like all bangers all the time. Um, I mean, you could make, honestly, you could make an argument for all three of the Shield guys to be Wrestler of the Year. Oh yeah, no, no, 100%. And that's and that's just, that's cool to see. But uh, And then after the match, uh, Punk is celebrating, We he- the lights go out, we hear the voicemail that Tony Khan left MJF telling him to come back to All Out for a ridiculous, whatever, censored amount of money. He takes he tur- the figure walks onto the camera in the backstage, takes off the mask. So all you see is the back in the back of his head. It's very clearly MJF. Then he puts the the scarf around his neck. Then his music hits, his normal music hits. Then he walks out, and then they just kind of like the crowd goes nuts because it's MJF again. Yeah. Uh, MJF like tries to heal on them, and they're having none of it. Yeah. Uh, MJF gets bigger, got a bigger reaction to from Chicago than CM Punk did. Yeah. It like, that's just, that's, that's what happened. Um, to me, this whole closing segment was so underwhelming and I get it's a personal thing, but to me, 
a reveal is only good or now that's not true a reveal is at its best when it's done in front of the crowd and everyone gets the realization at once i didn't like the weird omega introduction when he was revealed as the third person in the trios tournament i didn't like this if it would have just been if this would have been a video package after the fact sure oh because it cut to the cm punk the the roh promo that yeah he, you know the the devil himself if this would have been the devil walks out and unmasks and it's mjf that's a hundred times better to me personally the if you go and do the and then it just kind of ends with a stare down like there's no it's just it's whatever like it's it, that to me is super anticlimactic yeah if and also I, we talk about wrestling tropes that i don't like but one that I'm always on board for is a debuting or new heel faction just obliterating a motherfucker. Yeah. And that's your chance to have the Stokely faction come out, annihilate Punk and Moxley, and then have MJF standing tall, do the reveal, hold the title. That, to me, is way more intriguing than a stare down. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So, but... MJF officially back with AEW. Um, he made the line on Wednesday about the great bidding war of 2024. Was that the same line that he's always used or is the year different now? No, I think it's the same. Okay. Because in that voicemail, that voicemail that, you know, was clearly not a real voicemail that was left, but he mentioned like, you, you won't even have to sign an extension. Yeah. So that's kind of part of it. And there haven't been any updates on his actual contract status yet. So, um, but that was all out and we still have two shows to talk about, which won't take as long because they were, uh, there, I don't think there were 15 matches combined on, no, there were not. So we have less matches to talk about than all of all out. Let's go. Here we go. Um, real quick before we do though, overall, um, and Dalton has his headphones off. No, right? no, I can still hear you. Okay. Overall, what did you th- like? What did you think of All Out? Love Ta- it. Remove, remove what happened at the scrum and like all no, the no, after no. the fact. The scrum almost ruined the show, in mm. my opinion. I, it overshadowed it, which is a shame because this was like maybe my favorite AEW pay per view of the year. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, whenever you have, th- and it's again. I made a point last, uh, the Ring of Honor one, that the point I made about the main event makes the pay-per-view, mm-hmm. uh, I was wrong. You just need one banger. You just need <laughs> one banger right in there, and everything else just be solid around it. The uh, Ring of Honor was like eating a great meal and then having the best dessert at the end. Mm-hmm. This was the greatest like candy bar ever, and when you got to the very middle of that candy bar... There's just the most delicious caramel in the world. And that's what this was, where it was like, okay, this chocolate's good. This candy bar's good. Oh my God, that fucking tag match. And then like, get to the other side of that. It's like, well, the rest of this is really good. But that middle, it was that middle. It was perfect. I loved it. It was, and like, it made, that match made the whole show better. Um, Like, I, I'm very wishy-washy. Maybe it's just one good match makes me love a show. Yeah, which, is go- which is going to explain. Which is going to explain NXT two, because I do not like NXT two point mm-hmm. Are we talking about that next? 
No, we're going to do Clash first. Okay, that was the one. that's fine. Yeah, no. I cool. did All Out because it was the longer one. It was the bigger one. And then I'm just going to... Well, yeah, fuck it. it. There's no rule. Let's do Worlds Collide. Okay, um, cool. For me, for me personally, All Out was a solid show overall that was really held up by a few really fantastic matches. But to me, like my disappointment in the TBS championship match, the Starks-Hobbs match, not getting Jungle Boy versus Christian in any meaningful sense... Like that, those were all kind of missteps for me. Um, none of the matches were bad. Yeah, I would say. Um, it's just like it felt. I don't know. That this one felt a little bit like when you're used to nothing but home runs, a double doesn't really hit right. Okay, fair enough. Like, but that said, I can't say enough good things about that the tag title match, Danielson, Jericho. Jericho. Just like it was great. Um, on Saturday, Sunday, are we doing NXT? Uh, yeah, Sunday. It was NXT Worlds Collide. Uh, again, another really, really solid show overall. First match was the NXT North American Championship as Carmelo Hayes defeated Ricochet. Fucking just, this was as bonkers as we thought it was going to be. The, the dual springboards from opposite parts of the, from the opposite sides of the ring into the midair collision yeah. was gross looking because uh, it l- did look like they knocked heads. So I was kind of worried a little bit there for a second. Uh, it's, it's the most insane double down spot I've ever seen. <laughs> because I was explaining it to Sadie's brother because we didn't watch NXT. Because again, I watched wrestling from three o'clock in the afternoon to 11 o'clock in the afternoon with really no break. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I watched some after that and I explained that spot to Danny and I was like, well, you know, when they like miss each other on a clothesline and they run and they do a double cross body and he was like, oh yeah, they did that. And I was like, no, they did it better. They ran past each other, springboarded and then met in the middle somehow. Um, mm-hmm. and that's a 20 by 20 ring. That's real difficult. Uh, for one, <laughs> just getting your body across the ring like that is difficult. Uh, finding two people that can do that is even more difficult. To get two people, and they landed dead set in the middle of that ring. Like, holy shit. And that wasn't even the coolest part of that match. Um, good goddamn. That was an insane opener. They knew what they were doing. Jesus. And again, it's the whole, like, Tyler Breeze, whenever he came back to NXT for a little bit, and it pissed you off. Because you were Mm -hmm. just like, man, it's almost like we could have been having this the whole time. That's how I felt about Ricochet. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. This, yeah, Carmelo Hayes just, you know, it's the whole does not miss thing, but, like, Carmelo Hayes does not miss. No, no, not. Just, uh, he's, he, to me, he is the MVP of NXT 2.0. Yes, Braun Breaker has been incredible. Yes, Toxic Attraction as a whole has been incredible. You have Cora Jade, who's been solid the entire time, but it's, it's Carmelo, it's Carmelo Hayes. Mm-hmm. I like, might have to go back and watch more of his things since I stopped watching. You do like he's worth him alone is worth it. Him and Trick Williams as a as a duo, it's so good. I do love it's so good. I will say I was a big fan of Trick Williams telling uh, Ricochet to watch out with the microphone. Yeah, don't <laughs> Just, hurt yourself. <laughs> that was great. Fatal four way tag team elimination match to unify the NXT and NXT UK tag team championships as Pretty Deadly defeated the Creed brothers, Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs, and Gallus to win and unify the tag titles. Uh, This match went almost exactly how I wanted it to, Mm -hmm. where Jensen and Briggs were out immediately, (laughs) were out very quickly. And then Gallus goes out 
And then it's down to the Creed Brothers and Pretty Deadly, which were the only two teams that I really wanted to win. Um, I'm not crazy about the Damon Kemp turn. Um, it was... Called it. That was me. Somebody that didn't watch the show, doesn't watch the show, fucking called it. Yes, it's also like, it, that's not as impressive as you're making nope, it sound. Like, it's pretty clear. With no, with no uh, reference, I knew. So... Kemp turns on the Creed Brothers, Pretty Deadly is able to capitalize, and they proceed to post the same picture that they post every time they've won the tag titles of them in their hotel bed with the banana and strawberries and fruit, and it's so good. This was fun. I'm a huge fan of Pretty Deadly. Like, that, they were someone that I didn't know about until they showed up in NXT, because mm-hmm. like I said, I just, I didn't pay a ton of attention to NXT UK, Yeah, but uh, big fan. Big fan very quickly. A uh, triple threat match to unify the NXT women's, uh, the NXT and NXT UK women's championship. Mandy Rose defeated Satamora and Davenport. And again, killer match. People are apparently mad that Mandy Rose won, but like, nah, I, she's done very, very good as like the toxic attraction character has been 10 out of 10, no pun intended. And like her ring work has like, she's really shown that no, she can hang in there with like people that you would consider better than her yeah because she's i feel like she's never really gotten the credit even on like the main roster like when she was part of fire and desire and stuff like that like she never really got the credit that she's always been better than people assume she is yeah it's it really is the double-edged sword of that she's super attractive so people automatically write her off as a good worker Mm -hmm. and like no she's really good and like I have seen things since she's been in 2.0 and like she's only gotten better. I think she is a an asset instead of just being like a good hand in the ring. I think that she is when they do send her up to the main roster top like perennial contender. If they don't do that, they're doing it wrong. Yeah. Um, and I get the argument that like Satamora could have won this because she absolutely could have any one of those three could have won. There was no wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you could have really gotten a brand new star out of, da- uh, of Davenport. Blair, da- Blair Davenport. I just don't want to call her B. Presley. Uh, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> I think you could have really put her over really well, put like having her beat those two stars. Um, and then, yeah, no, Satamore is a fucking cheat code. When you, when you literally have someone with actual WCW footage <laughs> and yeah. that's what they use the things like, yeah, she's obviously a living legend. Uh, there was no wrong answer. Uh, I again, I wanted Sada Mortar win, uh, but that's just because I love her. Um, mm-hmm. She is going to be the most underrated women superstar of all all, all time, I think. Uh, just okay. because she never got she never got the Western exposure that everybody else had when she's been probably the best women's wrestler for the last like 15, 20 years. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship was next as Katana Chance and Kaden Carter, Party Girl Yay and Party Girl uh, Party Girl A and Party Girl Boo, uh, defeated Dewdrop and Nikki Ash. Um, the match was solid. No real complaints there, other than just like I don't have a ton of like Chance and Carter just don't click with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the Dewdrop and Nikki Ash stuff is weird because like they're telling one story on Raw. And then it's like they're acting like that's not happening on NXT. Yeah. Like this week alone, on Monday night, in the background of a damage control promo, you see Nikki A.S.H. take off the mask and throw it at Dewdrop. 
And then on Tuesday night on NXT, she's wrestling in the mask with Dewdrop against Toxic Attraction. So like, you got to pick a lane here, guys. Yeah. What's 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 going on here? Even if they're different shows, you still got to be telling a cohesive story. Yeah, you can't. You, it's it's why like, oh, your NXT champion loses to Jeff Hardy in three minutes. Like, mm, but he's undefeated on this brand. Uh oh. Maybe. What's, what's going on here? This other brand's uh, a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Not anymore though. Triple H came back and he's like, Nah, I'm gonna call Wall Street Journal. <laughs> uh, and then the main event, the singles match to unify the NXT and the NXT UK championships, Braun Breaker defeated Tyler Bate to retain uh, and unify the top championships of the two brands. Uh, again, this match was like, Bate, everyone knows how good Tyler Bate is. Yeah. Like, that's not up for, that's not up for debate. Um, but like, I feel like Braun Breaker is just that level of like, just scary good oh yeah no he is Braun breaker has a level of just natural talent and mm-hmm. ability that when you have that mixed with somebody with the experience i'm gonna say this knowing damn good and well that tyler bates fucking five years younger than me all right let me see let me say this without giggling so uh when you have somebody with the experience of somebody like tyler bait and you put that level of natural talent with somebody that just fucking knows wrestling you can have, believe it or not, a real damn good match. And that's exactly what those two guys had. Um, it broke my heart. I'm pretty sure you heard it break from your where you were at whenever Bate lost. I knew he was going to lose. I knew the whole time he was going to lose. But, man, yeah. I wish they would have had him win. Uh, I also think it's, I also, but I do think it was the right call. Oh, no, it was. Yes, like, no. I understand that I like the guy that's not going to win because I like... I like different things than what they're like going for most of the time. Uh, not not a lot of people I wanted to win this weekend won, um, but God, they had a great match. That like, if this is what I just I got a real real tasteless joke in my head. Go ahead. I'm, I don't know if I wanna. Okay, no problem. Or not. So uh, let me get back with what I was gonna say then, because I was gonna make a point. So mm-hmm. I am somebody that has actively disliked NXT 2.0 because I watched like the first takeover or whatever they call them now, mm-hmm. um, after the 2.0 branding. And Ika Majiro had a backstage a video of him pooping, and it was at that moment that I said NXT is not for me. Mm-hmm. And I had not watched since. I had seen small clips here and there, but I had not watched a single episode. I I didn't watch Tuesday. It was that was not a great day for me. But I, if you said, "Hey, just DVR NXT 2.0 and watch it sometime this week," I would probably do it starting now. I would say it's worth like if you have DVR and you can fast forward through the stuff you don't care about. Because don't get me wrong. They do. There are still things going on on 2.0 that are just not very good. Yeah, that that I don't enjoy. But you, in completely writing it off, you're missing the good stuff like Toxic Attraction, like Carmelo Hayes, like Braun Breaker. Um, it's so it's it's. I think it, it it's worth to at least you know fast forward through. Fair enough. But this again, this was a fantastic match. Like you said, Bate has the experience. Breaker has just the raw natural ability, plus the size and the look. Like yeah. that dude is just money. I just also 
a year younger than Tyler Bates. That, so whenever I said, holy shit, Tyler Bates only 25, and then you said Braun Breaker's only 24, to which my response is, yes, one of them is being billed as a 10-year veteran, though, Asa, and that's the, that's the fucking weird and, thing. And it's, cr- like, to me, whenever I found out that Braun Breaker was that young, it kind of broke my brain a little. Yeah. Because the dude looks like he's a solid 36. Oh, yeah. Like, t- I j- like, I didn't think he was that old, but I assumed, like, oh, whatever he was doing didn't work out. So he's like, okay, I'll do this wrestling thing. Nah. And then he just happened to be great at it. And it's like, nope, he is literally 24 years old. Straight this dude has so much time ahead of him. Straight out of college. Like, str- or whatever the fuck he was doing. Yeah, like, dear God. So NXT Worlds Collide, it was a really solid show. Um, the I, I the Carmelo Hayes and Ricochet match and the uh, Fatal 4-Way elimination match and the Braun Breaker-Tyler Bate match, I think, are the, the, the highlights there. And even saying that, the triple threat for the Women's Championship was great as well. Like, there really wasn't... A, and even though I didn't really care about it, the tag, the Women's Tag Title match was was solid. There wasn't a bad match here, but nothing really blew me away like either Clash of the Castle or All Out had. And hey, speaking of Clash at the Castle, we had a Clash at the Castle. This was on Saturday, and again, really, really solid show. Pre-show was Madcap, Ma- Madcap Moss and the Street Profits. I got too fast there. Taking on the team of Austin Theory and Alpha Academy with Moss and Street Profits winning. Fun opener. Yeah. Just kind of just kind of there. Um, now, before we get into the show itself, the, the match-by-match breakdown, and the same thing happened on NXT as well, on Worlds Collide. WWE is killing me with the pacing of these shows. Yeah. The, the, I get that they run ads on Peacock, so they fill that time with video packages, but like, bro, I don't need to see the Cody Rhodes video package twice, but I don't need to see like, it's just AEW. Yes. It was a 12 hour show. There were eight, there were 15 matches counting the pre-show, but stuff moved pretty quick. Yeah. Like nothing really seemed to, to linger. Whereas watching both of these WWE shows, I'm sitting there just like, all right, we are like 40 minutes into this show and we've seen two matches. Yeah. Like, whoo, come on. Um, but the main show itself, starting off the six woman tag, damage control, Bailey, Dakota Kai and EO sky defeating Bianca Belair, Alexa bliss and Oscar. Uh, this was a great match. I had oh, a ton yeah. of fun watching this, uh, Bailey getting the pin on Bianca Belair. Absolutely. Is setting up for that, championship feud down the line if not imminently and i am here for it the wwe intercontinental championship match gunther with mother fucking imperium yeah giovanni vinci gets introduced by ludwig kaiser they're back full force uh defeated sheamus uh with the brawling brutes and Again, like I said with Eddie Kingston versus Ishii, if you know who I am and you've like, if you're listening, if you've listened to me talk about wrestling for the last however many years, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Gunther just because like, you know, it's a work, right? Yeah. Like, (laughs) go back to fake hitting each other. Um, This very well, if it wasn't for the 
the AEW tag match, this would be my match of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know what it is. I think it's because part of, like, I genuinely think that it's like, okay, he's going up against Sheamus, who is who does the exact same style. Like, he'll be as stiff as you want him to be. Yeah. And so I think knowing that, like, okay, both people are cool with go what's going on right now, go nuts. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I think that's part of why I love uh, this match so much, because holy shit, Sheamus fighting from underneath is one, not a thing we really see a lot of. And two, he's very fucking good at it. Uh, really? I'm sorry to backtrack. Do you remember the opening of that match? Because I think it might be my favorite. If we had a category for favorite opening of the of the year, it's this one. Because was it the repeat from SmackDown where everybody was fighting around them and they were just staring at each other? Oh, did they do that at SmackDown? Yeah. Oh, that ruins it. Except it wasn't, but it wasn't two on two. It was one on two. Oh. It was Kaiser just brawling with Holland and Butch. Oh, that. While they just maintained eye contact the whole time. Oh, see, I didn't watch SmackDown. Because I want you to know that that open made me, uh, that gave me feelings uh, in places. Mm -hmm. Because I just loved the thought of they are going to let all the bullshit happen around them. They're not going to be caught up in the bullshit because they just want to fuck each other up. Yep. And, aw, uh, that made, aw, uh, you didn't have to Gunther, tell me that. I mean, I wasn't just going to let you be wrong. Uh, no, it was still Gunther, a great opening. I just didn't know they already did it. Yeah, Gunther has the, uh, which granted, that wasn't for the match. That was just a, like, segment that they yeah. had. Um, I said it on Twitter, but Gunther has just the most final boss energy yeah. of WWE. And it, I, I will say it's a credit to Triple H for having the Intercontinental Championship, and then having a cage match on Raw. Like, the secondary titles feel so much more important than they have in the last several years. Yeah. So that's, well, a, that's a good thing. And McMahon, at least, was like, he was treating Gunther this, the correct way. Um, like, he was doing that too with him. Where, I mean, I think it was that whole, like, he... Gunther proved himself whenever they were like, hey, you need to lose weight, you need to do this and that. And he, he was perfectly cool with everything. And he did it and then some. And it felt like he was being very protective. And then it's just like, oh, and now Papa H is home. And he was a big fan of you before you looked like a fucking sociopathic killer with, like, mm-hmm. muscle. Um, so now it's just off to the races for Gunther. And this match, good golly gosh. Uh, yeah, like I said, match of the weekend, for sure. Um, not for sure, but, like, match of the show, for sure, I'll yeah. say. Liv Morgan defeated Shayna Baszler to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. What ha- what needed to happen happened where she got a device a decisive win. Yeah. Um both women looked great uh, in this match. I like that they're treating Shayna Baszler more seriously and I hope that trend continues going forward, not doing the vampire shtick. Um but just like, no, I'll break your arm. Yeah. And I can. And I know several ways of doing it. Yeah. And well, you Liv can't... Morgan continue Liv Morgan continues to be like a really uh a really incredible underdog champion. Yeah. And hopefully this match kind of helps solidify her in the eyes of the crowds. So, you know, they, they aren't turning on her for tapping out during a match that, but still winning. And yeah. Yeah. So fingers crossed. This is kind of the, the like we're riding the ship with her. Uh, next up was edge and Ray Mysterio with Dominic Mysterio in their corner, defeating the judgment day, uh, Finn Balor and Damian priest. And, Good tag match. Enjoyed the match overall. 
the finish I thought was actually really well done where it's like, okay, Dominic is establishing that like, no, I am with my father and edge. And like, cause he directly wins the, he essentially wins the match for edge and Ray. Yes. And then to have him turn after that is just, it's a weird, it's a weird decision. Yeah. Like, why would you help them win and then immediately turn? I don't, that I don't get. They didn't really address it on Raw whenever he came out looking all gothed out because he's in love with Ripley. And she's just like, he's my bitch. <laughs> I've made him a man. I have shown, what I, what is it about the Mysterios and Aussies? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Ray lost his daughter to Buddy. And now Dom's, <laughs> Dom's out there with Ripley. Dom's out there subbing hard. <laughs> Oh God! Um, I will say the reaction of Judgment Day just laughing their asses off—that was the after best. Dominic kicked Edge in the dick so hard they his looked, shoe came off. They looked like the fucking hyenas from The Lion King. Like holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> fucking Finn's jaw was unhinged. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of my favorite things coming out of it was I think Finn put it on his Instagram. Uh, it's a picture of him, like, having been dropped on, like, the steel grate or something. And in the background are his parents laughing hysterically. Oh, yeah. And he's and he's just like, I'm gonna have to fucking turn heel on my dad. <laughs> <laughs> God, that ma- that I love... Gave me a, that gave me a chuckle as I well. I love Finn Balor so much. He has a, uh, uh, he has a new Elite coming out where it's the, uh, humping the gra- or humping the air, uh, demon this time. I'm gonna buy it. I need it. <laughs> yeah. You have so many of them already. I need that uh, one. I don't have that one yet. <laughs> it's a new one. Next up was Seth Rollins defeating Matt Riddle by pinfall. Um, I have a, a, it's a nitpicky kind of bullshit complaint because the match itself was good. Yeah. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Rollins uh, finally winning a match is good to see on pay-per-view, even though I'm sure he'll ultimately lose the rematch and however many matches down the line, because that's kind of... This is like the sixth time he's won this year, and we're in September. But my nitpick with it is Riddle comes out first, he's on his scooter, he's all smiles and bro. And then Rollins comes out, and he's got that full Elton John cosplay going. Thank you, because the amount of fucking Curry Man people... Oh my... I was pissed i okay, hate you'll be okay I hate. uh you'll be you'll be okay nope and and rollins comes out and he's doing his conducting thing and he and he's doing it again he's all smiles and cackles but it's like no this is a blood feud like riddle should at the very least want like no part of what's going on yeah um i get that like rollins i kind of give a pass to because that's his character his character is he gets in your head, he's over the top, he's showboaty. It isn't as personal to him because he's better at getting in people's heads and under people's skin than anybody else on the roster. Yeah. That's just a fact. Riddle should have, to me, he should have come out way more serious to begin with or he should have attacked Rollins before the match. Like, don't let him get his full entrance in. Yeah. Because of the shit that he said about his family... And his bitch like, ass, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, so, th- to me, that was, but they didn't start with, like, a lockup. Yeah. Because it, like, the Triple H Orton WrestleMania match that just was like, we're gonna wrestle, but, like, wrestle, wrestle. I, 
it would have worked. Like you said, if he would have attacked him, like, in the middle of the entrance, it would have made so much more sense. Because it's like, oh, he was able to outsmell Art Rollins. He made him think that he was just going to be all smiles and shit like that. But it was like, no. The Patrick gear was cool. But again, it made no sense for the story that they were telling. Yeah, and he's got his fun SpongeBob reference gear, like... Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, This dude pointed out that your wife left you and took your kids. Also... So the really fun symbolism that I'm sure Seth did with his gear of it being a reference to something that was in the movie Rocket Man. You know Rocket Man, the Elton John movie that references the famous song about a man that misses his wife and kid and how high it is up in space. Like there was and again, I don't think I think it is intentional because if I am having the thought, that means Rollins thought it because he's way smarter than me. Yeah. And it was cuz like I was just kept making the references of Rocket Man just like Oh, no, he misses his wife and he misses kids. It's lonely up in space. He's going to be high as a kite come... Uh, I don't have... I mm-hmm. Yeah. No, like, again, if you just thought, oh, that's a cool Elton John cosplay, that's neat. But then when you really think about it, it was just a really good fuck you to riddle. <laughs> yeah. Like, so. it was real. It was real meta. <laughs> I also like that Rollins, like, just is like, no, I won the match. Why would I have anything to do with this loser? Yeah. On Raw. Like... No, that's that makes sense. Do you remember the guillotine choke that Roman had him in, and the match like like the it was over, and he held it, and the ref mm-hmm. was like, "You got to let go," and Roman just yelling, "He won't let me! He won't let me yeah. let go!" Like oh, so Roll- Rollins has been the best heel in wrestling all year because that was like early this year. I'm pretty sure that was Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah. like again, the man doesn't win matches, but he does again. He won't let me let go. He doesn't have to win matches. He just yeah. fucking doesn't. No, he's so good. Like, yeah. and that's the now thing, he should have like... he should have beaten Cody Rhodes with one bad booby. I do. I will say that he should have he... been able to beat Cody then. Yeah, he he needed to get a win because it it was kind of one of those things of it's just like yeah you lost to a one armed man yeah like come on but this it it was a good match and yeah Rollins Rollins very much like I said earlier. All three members of the Shield, yeah, are you, you can make a solid case for them to be Wrestler of the Year. Uh, speaking of the main event, uh, is Roman Reigns defeating Drew McIntyre to retain the WWE UWU Championship? Um, I don't know, man. Like, I am very strongly of the belief that they need to separate the titles and this should have been for the WWE championship and drew should have won. Yeah. I get why they didn't. I do, but it's the same thing with like the acclaimed being that fucking over in Chicago. We got to hear broken dreams again, Dalton. Yeah. I don't think you understand what no, that I means do. to me. No, I do. I, we got to hear broke and granted it was just a little bit of it and it wasn't the whole entrance, but it was so good. Oh my God. And this match as a whole was great. These two have phenomenal chemistry. Yeah. Like it, this was so good. And the ending made a ton of sense with solo Sokoa making his debut and costing drew the, the match. And again, it's a shame that what happened after the pay-per-view really overshines what happened in the match. Yeah. Because what the fuck was that send the crowd home happy bullshit with Tyson Fury yeah. doing a sing-along? Like, did they forget to cut the feed? That's what it had to be, because that was some house show bullshit. 
it really was. Yeah. Also, during the match, Austin Theory tried to uh, come out to cash in, and that's when I was like, holy shit, they're going to turn it into a triple threat, and Drew is going to beat Austin Theory. But no, he as he just gets laid the fuck out by Tyson, Tyson Fury, Fury which got me because again, it was one of those things where he was up and then he was down. It was it was perfect, yeah, and I they kept showing him during the show, so I thought he was gonna get involved at some point, and it was just like all in my head. It was just like I don't give a fuck about Tyson Fury. Well, so like, like fuck that. Dude. The reason that it was, I thought it was well, the, like the reason I believe it was a cut the feed moment is because Tyson Fury comes in the ring and shakes hands with Roman, and then yeah. like Drew didn't see that, so he picks up Drew, and I'm like, oh, we're gonna get Drew versus Tyson Fury. That's fucking lame. Uh, no, we got Drew and Tyson Fury in American Pie. Uh, I used to really like that song. Uh, and I stopped liking it after last week. Uh, I will say Tyson Fury, not the worst singer I ever heard, but I also just didn't want to hear him sing the whole fucking song. Uh, yeah, that was it. Like, I get why they did it for the live crowd, but they 100% did not need to. Yeah, I hope they, they very much didn't need to involve that in the pay-per-view feed. I will say, um, and I know, I know we're wrapping up because we need to, cause I think we've been going for almost two hours, but, yeah. um, this is definitive proof that we don't need to wait 30 years for the UK to get a, t- a major, um, pay-per-view because this crowd was amazing for it. Um, the whole show, like, I don't think there was a down spot. Uh, I do want to give them the MVP of the night strictly for the Bailey interaction I was uh, getting ready to say the Bailey trying to shut down the song and them just like, nope, we love you too much. And you're not around enough for us to do it. And we <laughs> haven't got to do it in a while. And it's one of those things like I felt both really bad for Bailey and really good for Bailey at the same time, because good, because she got that reaction bad mm-hmm. because she didn't get to appreciate it because she yeah. had to act like that was the greatest fucking thing ever. Her tweet Her- of it's not 2015 anymore gold her in the ring like covering her ears like making it seem like oh no because if she's like oh no now i'm trying to show the crowd that she doesn't like it oh but it still didn't work yeah so good i love that crowd and it it made me even happier when you consider the fact that like she drug wwe through the pandemic and the thunderdome era kicking and screaming yeah and then got hurt before the first live crowds again so, like, she's been in front of crowds since SummerSlam. Yes. And so for her to actually get that kind of reaction, one there, but also then at Clash, like, that made me happy for her. Because she deserves that. Yeah. Because of just the work that she's been doing. So. But yeah. No, the, you're, you're right. The crowd was great all night. Um, they were super into it. I just, you know. <laughs> Did you love that they were going to, they were teasing the cut to Bulldog's family just for it to be Bret Hart? Which, I mean, not wrong. It's not wrong. But also, not right. Like... A lot of... But but really, it's just like, man, WWE is still mad about the revolution. Because worlds collide, y'all didn't win shit. Yeah. Like, you could argue pretty deadly, but even they were already on the NXT rock... Like, the NXT proper roster. And the only reason we got a foreign guy winning uh, the IC belt is because you had a 0% chance of fucking that up. Yeah. So, and then like, and then Drew loses in his quote unquote hometown, which Finn, is just like Finn Balor hilarious. loses. Yeah. 
it was it was a rough night so you know a lot of you know a lot of broken hearts in the yeah in in the european europe over there um but yeah that was the weekend um there was stuff we could talk about for playing with yourself because we did get uh, AEW reveals but we're gonna push that to next week because we're already at almost two hours yeah. uh before we go though i asked you not you dalton because i don't care about you uh i asked the listeners our, our friends what did you think of the pay-per-view what was your favorite part and we got some responses i'm gonna read off here real quick um sims gaming time set uh just a video of him singing along to seth rollins's entrance because he was there at clash of the castle oh so so that's super cool that he got to be there for that and just like that just looked like a ton of fun and it is one of those things where it's like i like singing along to people's entrances that's just always a good time uh one of the one of the mvps of the show michaela uh, said that she didn't watch NXT, but I did watch All Out and Clash at the Castle. My favorite was Drew versus Roman because they brought back Broken Dreams. Hell yeah. My other favorite was Young Bucks and Kenny versus Dark Order because I couldn't pick who to win because I like both teams. Yeah, that's... You're, you're not wrong there. But if you have to choose, the answer is always Hangman of the Dark Order. I don't like that we did that at the same time. I don't like that we did that. You knew I was going to do it. Fuck uh, you. You knew I was going to do it. <laughs> no, I was going to do it. And then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then our buddy Dylan uh, said that favorite parts of AEW were Ishii versus Eddie. Hell yes. The yes. tag title match and Regal's commentary. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, but haven't gotten to the WWE shows yet. Dylan, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, I hope you don't care about spoilers. If you haven't seen them yet. If you have seen them, uh, Sheamus versus Gunther. Holy shit. Yeah. Watch right? that and then watch Ricochet versus uh, Carmelo. Yeah. Those, those for sure. So, uh, but... If you've stuck with us this far, thank you so much. Uh, what did you think of the shows? Let us know. Did you have a favorite show of the weekend? Did you have a favorite match of the weekend? Where, you know, let us know. We like to we like talking about wrestling with cool people. And if you're listening to this, you're probably pretty cool. Uh, I don't know what that voice was. I'm going to bed. Anyway, if you want to interact with us, you can do that over on Twitter is the easiest way. Uh, you can interact with the show at Nerdiest Part. You can interact with me. I'm at the five star man with the number five. Dalton is Mr. D. Anthony N-P-O-T-R on Twitter. Um, and then don't forget, however you're listening to us, whatever podcast service, give us a review. Give us a rating. Tell us. Tell your friends about us. You know, share the episodes. Help us out with those algorithms. And yeah, go back. I thought something else popped up. It did not. Anyway, as you all know, if you've listened to this show before, I'm bad at ending it. So we're ending it now. Thank you. I say thank you a ton because it does genuinely blow my mind that anyone gives a shit what we have to say about wrestling. Um, so that's just, it's very nice that you might. So until next week, know that we appreciate you. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And as always, watch more wrestling.